Hello, hello, welcome. Glad you could join us. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you could make it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at seven. I forgot for a sec when. <laughs> seven o'clock Mountain Time. That's 9 p.m. Eastern, six o'clock Pacific, and eight o'clock everywhere else. Um, so. Welcome, glad you could make it. Got some stuff to talk to you about, and we're doing a cool giveaway, which I need to set up real quick. Um, I forgot to do that. We're going to give away some Electric Blue Acara, which are fantastic. These were um, bred and raised right here in the U.S. of A. by our very own Kent Katz, and I've had them for a couple weeks now. They're rock solid. They're awesome. They're ready to go, and a lot of people have been wanting them. They've been the uh, one of the best, most requested fish since they showed up on video uh, the first time I unboxed them a couple weeks ago. So um, I figured let's give the people what they want. And apparently they want electric blue Akara. So that's what we'll give away. So um, so if you want to win some electric blue Akara, I'll send you, I think I can fit three. I think I can fit three of them in a box without any problem, a small box. Then to enter that, the hashtag is electric slide, hashtag electric slide for the electric blue Akara. So if you just put that in the chat, uh, you'll be entered into the drawing that we'll draw later tonight and we'll talk about uh, uh, how to uh, claim that and all that at that time. It's pretty easy. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to do anything except for enter that in the comments and be here at the time of the drawing. That's all that we ask. So had an interesting week. Um, ordered about, I don't know, 70 species again. I got two. Two bags of fish came this week from, from the <laughs> importer. Um, <clears throat> they were good ones though. Got some turquoise discus. It's been a long time. I haven't a lot of people know me from discus because at one point it's all I did, but I have not had discus for, it's got to be at least five years, maybe longer. So um, got some in again. I haven't done it just because I don't like heaters and things, but I have an old heater laying around and I have a trusty thermostat so it shouldn't click on and be able to overheat and all that. So I decided to go ahead and do it. They came in, um, they look okay. The shipment was delayed. It didn't get here till today, unfortunately. So got held up in Memphis at the FedEx uh, warehouse or what have you. So it got here today and all of them but one made it. And there's one struggling right now. Um, sometimes when you get discus in, they'll, they'll lay on their side for a while. And often that's no big deal. Often that's just a differential of water pressure from a, a little bit of water pressure in a small bag to the larger amount of water pressure in a you know large aquarium. Um, so sometimes that happens because of that. And sometimes it happens just because they're so stressed. So I've got one on its side right now and one that didn't make it. I'm rooting for the little guy, doing everything I can for him. I've, I put him in a net, uh, a big net, and he's kind of floating up towards the top of the tank so that he doesn't have uh, a big pressure differential that causes some stress. So he doesn't have to deal with that. Hopefully that helps him out. Got medicines in the tank and everything, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna turn down my mic a bit. I, it looks like it might be a little bit hot. So um, 
There we go. I think that's probably okay. Let me know if uh, if anyone, if that's too low, let me know. I've got a rather large power head back here on the 100 gallon aquarium and it's a cobalt. And so it's like clickety clackety. It's, uh, it's a little bit loud. So hopefully by turning this down a bit, you can still hear me, but we'll get a little bit less of that power head rattle. We'll see how that goes for you. Um, so got those in and I got more serpent loaches in. Those are amazing fish and they're not something you see much. And so I got another group of those in, but that's it out of like 70 species. So today I put in another order for another 70 species. <sighs> Hopefully we get more than two in, but we'll see. It's just, it's weird all around. And I do want to warn folks that um, prices are going up. It's just everything's in such a uh, it's such disarray that suppliers are charging more. They've added surcharges and things. Every bag of fish now, um, there's a, a charge per bag in addition to the normal cost, which didn't used to happen. And prices are going up. So I think it's just what I think it's just what's happening is the exporters are charging more because they haven't been able to ship much in so long. And a lot of them still aren't able to, that I think they're just trying to survive, like just trying to make enough that they can keep their employees and all that going. So uh, I don't know exactly what's happening, but I have seen prices creep up. Actually, it wasn't quite a creep. It was more like a, a bounce. <laughs> so just be aware that's happening. That'll be probably happening industry-wide, I would imagine, that as other stores and things like that um, start being able to get fishing again, that for a while at least the prices will be a little higher. So I'm, I'm saying this mainly so that when your store is open, you go to your local mom and pop store or whatever, um, and you see some higher prices, you aren't like, what? They're trying to jip us or anything. They, they aren't. It's, it's legitimately an industry-wide thing. There's nothing they can do about it. So just be aware that that's, that's coming for sure. Um, another thing that happened this week was, so my daughter borrowed my uh, temperature gun, my thermometer, infrared thermometer, a while ago for a science project. I haven't been able to find it for a couple of weeks. So uh, yesterday I went and bought one because I knew I had the discus coming and I wanted to make sure that their uh, tank was toasty warm. So I got one and I just want to warn you away from this. Do not buy this. This is from Home Depot, the General 8-1 infrared thermometer. It doesn't work. It's a piece of garbage. Um, it's about 20 bucks. So if you're going to get one of these, don't get that one for sure. Got this one in today from Amazon. Um, this is the same as my old one in E-Tech City infrared thermometer. This was also about 20 bucks. Trying to make it so you can see it. And uh, it works great. So if you ever buy one, just be aware there's a, a bit of a differential in product quality. Like that general one's like, it's actually dangerous. It, it'll give you the wrong reading and you might fiddle with your heater or whatever, trying to get it right. And you could totally cook or freeze your fish. So um, yeah, don't, don't be getting that. And by the way, a trick whenever you get something like this is what I do is I take these and I've got a few thermostats and thermometers around the house that tell me the temperature. And I just measure the temperature of the thermometer and of the thermostat and make sure that this reads the same as those. That's kind of how I calibrate it 
so that I know, well, I don't calibrate it. I can't adjust it, but that's how I measure it. So I can make sure that this thing is actually um, telling me the right temperature. If it's telling me the same temperature as the thermostats, I've got one down here, one in the garage, one upstairs, a couple, uh, couple thermometers and things. So if I do three to five measurements and it tells me the same thing as the thing I'm measuring, then I can be confident that it's working well. And if it doesn't, if it shows me like two degrees less on three to five, then I know, okay, it, it reads two degrees hot or two degrees cold, whatever. Um, so I can keep that in my mind as I use it in the future. So it is important to kind of test these things to make sure that you know, I, I wouldn't rely on them blindly and just be like, yeah, it's got to work because no, it don't. <laughs> All right. So, hey, look at KP throwing out two bucks. Thanks, KP. I appreciate it so much. Appreciate your live streams. Well, thanks. I appreciate you and everyone else that's in here, especially my amazing moderators. But um, yeah, folks that leave chats and have questions and make the discussion lively. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome. So thanks for being here and making it happen. Um, there's another thing I wanted to do since I don't have a lot of new fish to talk about. Um, oh, I will say this for those that don't know, I did last night, I was able to get almost all the new fish that are coming out of quarantine um, listed for sale at dancefish.com. So they're available. If there's anything you've been waiting for, I just listed it last night. Um, I was hoping today to go down the wish list and email everyone that was wishing for stuff that is now in, but I haven't been able to get to it. So it's going to be tomorrow. So if you're on the fish wish list, you'll get an email from me tomorrow. But um, the one thing that I wasn't able to get posted was all the bettas because it's going to take a lot to take an individual picture of every betta and uh, enlist it. So my plan is tomorrow I'm going to go around with my video camera and take a, a video of each of the bettas. So there'll be betta like number one through number, I don't know how many I have, 30 or whatever it is, right? So I'll say, okay, this is betta number one and take a video of it. Then move to the next take. This is betta number two. And then on dancefish.com, we'll make listings for betta one, two, three, four, etc. without uh, a picture probably. And so you can watch the video, see which ones are available and, and purchase the ones you want if you want one. So that's why I haven't posted them yet, because I have to do that extra step to make a, a separate video and get them all numbered and make sure I have that all straight as I list them and things like that. So I'll be doing that. And I, I might over time be able to get pictures and start adding pictures to those listings, but it's... Uh, it's a lot of work to take a picture and edit it and get it all up and everything for one fish, right? But we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll try. But that's the project for tomorrow. For those that are asking, I've, I've had several emails because I did show a couple of the bettas as I was showing the other fish yesterday. And I had some emails saying, hey, when are those available? I want this one. I want that one. So that'll all be hopefully up and listed tomorrow. That's the goal. Um, the last thing I wanted to do before I got to use, um, got to use, before I got to, <laughs> before I got to use questions and comments, before I got to your questions and comments, <laughs> was I've had several folks um, ask about YouTube. Um, I'm not a YouTube master. I, I'm a little over 9,000 subs now. Thanks, by the way. We are growing. That's awesome. So I'm not like a... Um, a master at it or anything, but um, had some questions about it. And there's lots of folks that are in this community 
that are starting YouTube channels and starting to list for the first time and things like that. So I thought that for the next couple of live streams, I might take just a couple minutes and show you some of the things that really help me when I'm um, using YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So the first one that I'll show you is the program that I use to edit photos and things like that. Okay, so let me show you this. Okay, so this program is called GIMP. Okay, I think it's G-I-M-P dot org or dot net, something like that, but it's GIMP. G-I-M-P. And it's a free program, which is amazing. And it's very, very, very simple to use. So, for example, if I need to make a thumbnail for my live stream, what I'll do is I've got a template I made for that. So I'll go here. I've got to choose GIMP files. And here's a template. Okay. So this is live stream 110 and I just saved it so I can make different templates. So let's say I'm not giving away Pandagara, I've got a new live stream. Um, what I do there is I'll just go to my pictures and I'll find, uh, let's see here. What we did today was an e electric blue Acara. Okay, so I'll take that picture and I'll throw it onto GIMP. I'll convert it. Now I've got an electric blue car to play with, right? Now, obviously that's too big, so I'll open a toolbox here. And guys, I'm not gonna be doing this for real a long time, so don't worry. If this isn't your thing, we'll get out of this pretty quick. But um, I've got this toolbox. I need to resize that because it's obviously too big. So I click the resize tool here, click on that picture, and I just, Scale it down, super, super easy. Okay, that's a little bit better size. Scale that. Um, this Pandagara I don't need anymore, so I'll click here, I'll go to my layers, I'll pick my Pandagara here, and I'll delete that layer. Pandagara's gone. Now, so this layers tab is important and this tools tab is pretty important. So now, this guy, I want to make. So I'm going to pick this select tool, it's called Lasso, and I'm just going to do this really quick and dirty. I, I do this much better when I'm actually, when I do it for real, I zoom in, and then I can make really fine, um, really fine selections. But just because we're live here, let me just do it quick and dirty. But it's, it's this simple. You just click around, select the thing you want in your picture, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna invert my selection because I don't want the fish to disappear. I want the stuff around it to disappear. I'm gonna click delete and hang on. <laughs> what happened? Of course, this only work, only happens, only happens. Oh, I know what happened. So I forgot this, I'm, I'm live, so I'm forgetting things. Okay, invert, delete, there we go. So now I've just got this fish and I can make it part of the thumbnail. Now, so that's how, for example, I made the thumbnail for today's live stream. Um, and then click on A for ABC and you can change 
this. This was live stream 120, and we aren't giving away a Pandagara anymore. We're still, we still have the alphabet selected, so we go here and we can change um, what this is, right? Akara, fix all that up. So that's just, um, just thought it might be nice to show you guys this program. I'm gonna discard this, I don't wanna save this. So that anyone that is wanting to make better thumbnails or has, um, wants to make images of fish to share on Instagram or on their community tab or, you know, Facebook or whatever, um, or their get gills store, if they want a, a nice picture for their, their listing, um, then this is a good program to use. So again, hopefully I know not everyone's into that, so I, I didn't want to take forever to do it, but the main thing about it is it's free. You can download it for free. I've been using it for several years. Now, I came into this with absolutely no knowledge of how photo editing worked. And there was a learning curve for sure, but I could pretty much YouTube every problem I had and figure it out or Google every problem I had with it and ask. There's a whole community since it's uh, open source software. There's a whole community around it and you can ask them questions. So you can figure it out. It'll take some doing and you'll screw up and there'll be times when you want to pull your hair out for sure if you're not if you don't know this stuff, but uh, half of it I learned just by messing around with it. And then the other half I learned by Googling or, uh, or, you know, watching YouTube videos on how to use it. So it can do, I don't know if it can do everything Photoshop does, but it can do most things Photoshop can do. And I do have Photoshop, but I confess I've never used it because I know how to use GIMP and I don't want to take the learning curve to, to learn Photoshop. <laughs> GIMP's good enough for me. But anyway, hopefully that is helpful. Um, so with that, I think that's about all I had for you. Um, hopefully things come in next week. There, I did see that Predatory Fins, uh, another YouTube channel, um, got some fish in from South America. And so I've put emails out to my South American suppliers to ask if they're um, going to ship. And the response I got back was, we're doing a limited number of airports. Let me check if we're shipping to your airport. And I'm just waiting to see if they'll ship to me. So obviously they're shipping to Miami because that's where Predatory Fins is, is located. So that hopefully they're shipping to other places too, so I can get them. They're closer to me, so I can go get them. So still working through things. Um, Nigeria opened up, I think it was Monday, but it wasn't a full open. So banks are now open and some local businesses are now open, but the flights still aren't moving. So I've been in contact with my suppliers in Nigeria and they're like, yes, here's where we're at, um, but you know, we still can't ship the fish yet. So um, they're keeping me posted and I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the Nigerian government as well as it moves uh, to see how we can do, how quickly we can uh, get the fish from there. No timeline that we know for sure, it's all, it's all up in the air, but but there's a little bit of um, progress uh, on on the import front from there. It sounds like, or steps towards that. Hopefully, things continue in the right direction. I don't know. We've never been in a situation like this uh, in the last hundred years or whatever. So, and then the other thing is Indonesia was going to be able to export to me. 
but then ended up not being able to. So there was like some hope they, they thought they could, but then um, turned out it didn't work out. So Indonesia's uh, cases have, have gone way up there now. I think they're the country with the most cases now or the most per capita in Asia at the moment or something like that. I, I, I can't remember the exact article I read and I don't know how reliable it was either the source, but they're having some issues. So bottom line is it looked like I was going to be able to get some fish from Indonesia, but it didn't pan out. So still working on it. Um, I did get some really neat wild type bettas. When was that? Tuesday from a hobbyist who bred and raised them. They're betta patoti as I like to call them, hot patoti. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're location specific. They're small though. They're, I'd say like three quarters of an inch to an inch, somewhere in that range. So I want to get a little bit of size on them before I sell them. But I, do, I did get some of those in and got some different bee shrimp in that I'll be, I don't know, I might raise the bee shrimp. I might not sell them, but the Hot patoti I'll sell once they're big enough. So I'm still getting some fish in. I still expect a couple different species of wild type locality pure um, swordtails. That just hasn't happened quite yet, but hopefully that'll happen next week. And I got word on some hobbyists, you know, bred and raised um, rainbow fish as well. So I'm, I'm looking at those. So there's a few irons in the fire but the fire ain't big right now, I guess is the best way to put it. So I'm still looking for stuff. If you're a hobbyist and you breed fish and you have a batch of fish that you would like to sell me, I'm in the market. I'm happy to buy them. Um, I can pay you one fourth of what I sell them for. So if I sell them for $8, I can uh, give you $2 shipped basically. So I have to be able to mark things up four times in order to stay in business. So that's my markup, but I'll buy a lot. If you've got 50 of them, I'll buy them. If you've got hundred to 200, I'll probably buy them. You know, I can, I can, I like to buy in big quantities. So that's kind of convenient, even if it's not the most profitable way to do it, but I'm looking for stuff. Um, so send me an email, dan at dancefish.com if you have things available and we'll see if we can make a deal. Um, for everyone that's reached out on that, thank you so much. For anyone that we couldn't make it work out, I still appreciate you reaching out. Thanks. Thanks. I really do. There's just some things that um, the quantity isn't big enough or we can't get the price point right or just it's not a fish that I think I can move. But feel free to reach out. The worst that happens is um, we look at it and decide, oh, that's not going to work out. That's the worst. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a couple emails. No big deal. Um, so that's kind of where we're at on, on the dansfish.com front. Um, a lot of activity on Get Gills right now. So if you've got a store on Get Gills, um, congratulations. I hope you're busy. I hope you're getting sales. There's quite a bit of activity there right now. So thanks everyone that's using getgills.com to uh, buy fish or sell fish on. It's great to have you in the community. So let's see, there was something else. Oh yes, here's the other thing. I am looking for um, bushy-nosed plecos for my own personal use. I'm looking for about 75 of them and just normal bushy-nose, <clears throat> excuse me, normal bushy-nose, like what you would call wild-type bushy-nose or black bushy-nose. Um, and, sorry. 
is just to help me keep the algae down on the front of the tanks, basically. So I've got black bushy nose in pretty much every aquarium down here and some of the aquariums out in the annex, but I don't have enough. So I need about 75 more so that I can have them in all my tanks. And this is just, I'm going to keep them in there forever. And they're going to be my algae control. So if you have black bushy nose and you have a batch of them, let me know. Um, anywhere from about an inch and a quarter on up in size is fine. They'll ship well. Um, a solid inch will generally ship okay too, but inch and a quarter is really safe size for shipping. So that's what I'm looking for. And I'll pay you wholesale rates. It's not a ton. It's probably somewhere around a buck per bushy nose shipped is about what wholesale is right now. Um, so if you've got a batch of them, uh, let me know. I know that there are fish that in some areas, some areas are so inundated with them that you might have a couple hundred that you're like, how am I going to get rid of these? And if if we can make a deal, that would be great. I can trade you too. If, if you'd rather do a trade on a big batch like that, I could make a trade work as well. So I'm looking for bushinos for my own use. Again, not albino, not super reds, nothing fancy, um, just for my own use. But um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, that's the docket for the day. So with that, hey, we're at 154 viewers. Thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate you joining us. And uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out so we get other folks here, that'd be great. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, <laughs> tell your congressmen. <laughs> and <laughs> um, appreciate you all being here. The Fish Tank Barn throwing down $9.99. Thank you so much for the tip jar. Well, that's quite the tip. Uh, I saw that you didn't go live this week. I hope everything's okay, Mike. And I uh, look forward to watching the replay of next week's live stream, should it be able to happen. In Wyoming Adventures, $2. Dan is getting lochi. I am. I confess, I am. And part of it is because I was rereading my loaches book. My, what's it called? I think it's just called Loaches. It's a great book in remembering how much I like them. But the other thing is part of it is on purpose, but part of it's accidental too. So I'm placing these large orders, right? 70 fish species at a time, something like that. And I get what I get. So apparently um, the folks that are still able to get fish and export them one of the fish they're able to get is loaches. So I order 70 species. Let's say I only get eight, a couple of them are loaches. I order 70 species again the next week, I get 20, four or five of them are loaches. So I, I don't necessarily order a lot of loaches in comparison to all the other species I'm ordering, but what I end up receiving is a much larger ratio of lo loaches per loach species in the entire ratio of the order. So uh, part of it is, yeah, I love them. And then part of it is just, that's what's showing up <laughs> when I order fish, but I'm absolutely getting lochi. The, um, the Botia Kubu Thai, the Angelicus loach or Burmese loach or Burmese border loach or polka dot loach. There's so many names for it, but the scientific name is Botia Kubu Thai are fantastic. They're big and they're beautiful. And I was thrilled to get them. Got a bunch of tiger loaches in. What I ordered was zebra loaches. I really like zebra loaches. Um, I'm trying to get more next week, actually. That's still, there's a couple more that I would like to get. Zebra loaches, sumo loaches, and a sand loach. Um, so I'm still working on that. 
But anyway, what I ordered was zebra loaches and what they sent me was tiger loaches. And yes, they have zebra stripes, but they're definitely not Botia striata, which is what I think of when I think of a zebra loach. And this is just the problem with common names. Um, you could have one common name that is associated with 15 different species. And yeah. <laughs> so this is why scientific names help. And I wish that the lists had scientific names on them. They don't. And when they do, they're wrong half the time. So I don't know. It's luck of the draw in this industry. It's until you've ordered that specific skew and you know what that supplier sells to that skew, then it's like, oh, okay, now I know what this will be next time I order from this supplier. But the first time, nope, you're just guessing. You're just hoping. You're hoping it's something. And then every now and then you end up with dragon puffers instead of red eye puffers or red belly puffers. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a crapshoot for sure. Anyway, that's enough about me. Um, totally lochi. Let's get to your questions and comments. So if you have a question or a comment for me, if you type the at symbol and dance fish like Skipper's Aquariums just demonstrated in the chat, then it'll highlight orange for me. I'll see it and I'm much more likely to uh, not miss it that way. Oh, by the way, I don't know if everyone remembers Thomas, um, who was Fish Guru Aquatics. And then about a year ago, had to get rid of all of his fish and things for health reasons. Um, went to see a doctor and the doctor was like, doesn't look good. Didn't think he was going to make it. I He put out a Facebook message a day or two ago that he went and saw the doctor today and he's in recovery. Um, he's got a very serious illness. I won't say exactly what it is. Um, he might've shared that in the live stream at one point. I don't think it's a secret, but I don't want to say just in case, uh, yeah, just in case it's sensitive information at this point, but, um, yeah, Thomas is recovered and he's getting better. Um, the doctors didn't think he would be alive right now, but he's not only alive, it appears I don't know if the thing he has can ever be beaten completely, but it appears that he's, um, yeah, going to be able to get back to do the things he loves here in short order. So Thomas, if you're watching, uh, I was so glad to see that. Congratulations. That, uh, that made my month. So glad you're doing better. Anyway, um, Fish Guru Aquatics, I believe, was his handle here. And he had a, a store on Get Gills called Fish Guru or Fish Guru Aquatics as well. But I mean, imagine that if if you were so sick or someone you loved was so sick that you couldn't do the thing that you love anymore. Like if I couldn't do fish anymore, I just. I mean, what a loss. You've got all the physical pain and all the discomfort and all the worry and stress that goes with that. Now, on top of that, to lose the thing you love, oh, I'm just so glad that he's recovering and hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully can get back to it soon. Yeah, I don't know how long it'll take and I don't know how tenuous the recovery is. Hopefully it's like a good rock solid thing. But yeah, Thomas, we're thinking of you. Maria Z, you're going to have me hemorrhaging cash. <laughs> yeah, we're, list we're listing a bunch of cool fish. We're doing the best we can in in these uh 
as, as they keep saying, trying times, uncertain times. I get emails from CEOs every day from all these different companies, and it always starts in these uncertain times or in these trying times or whatever. I'm so sick of that phrase. Oh, but yeah, we're doing the best we can uh, in our current reality. In I can't wait to actually get up and cranking. Let's see, where are we at? I want to see where I'm at here. So let's go to get gills. I don't think I'm even close to fully, fully burning here at the store. So here's my store. I have 52 items available. So I'm about at the level I was before I started building the annex. So I, I had 50 to 60 species generally. Let's call it 50 um, available at any given time. It just with the, this facility behind me alone. Yeah, I know there's algae. I know, I know. And um, so the whole point of building this annex was so that I could more than double the number of species that I can offer them, the number of kinds of fish I can offer. And then right when the annex finished and came online, COVID hit and I couldn't get fish anymore. So we're doing the best we can, but I can't wait till I get to the point where this thing's actually fully stocked and we're rocking and rolling. Um, oh, I can't wait. Then, then you'll really hemorrhage some cash, Maria Z. <laughs> Kelly Zagorax, the first Koi beta in your vid had my name on it. Ooh, I've, I've had, I've had lots of people tell me the same thing, Bob. That was, I didn't, I didn't plan on that either. I was just looking around. And I was like, oh, there he is. Let's take a quick shot of him. He's pretty though. That light colored Koi with the red and blue on him. Yeah, he's super pretty. Yep. You're probably the 15th person to tell me that, Bob. People like that beta a lot. Um, so I, I think in order to be fair, what I'll, what I'll do with the bettas is just I'll release the video and list them tomorrow and it'll be, uh, it'll probably need to be a first come first served kind of thing, just to be fair. But yeah, I like that better too. Moonstone at Streetwise. Um, can you ask that again and either do a $2 super chat or address it to add dance fish in the chat, increase your chances. All right. So I missed something from Streetwise and um, I, I do appreciate all the super chats so, so much, but I also definitely, until I get to the end of stream and we run out of time, I do read every comment that is highlighted for me unless chats jumped and I just can't see it. So I appreciate the super chats. They do help. They make the wife super happy, but um, don't feel obligated. Uh, although it is appreciated. So streetwise here it is for those of us who really like Tetras and Danios. Can you explain a Caracidiae versus Cyprinidae? I'm looking for a medium set step in knowledge after copying and pasting those two words. Yes. So I guess the easiest way to think of it, although it breaks down a little bit in Africa, is that um, Caracidiae is more New World fish, and Cyprinidae is um, more Old World fish. Now, that works when you're talking about the Americas and Asia. Um, so if it's from Asia and it looks like a tetra, it's not. It's a Cyprinid. If it's from the Americas and it looks like a tetra and it's South America, 
then it probably is a Tetra. Now, that does break down a bit because a lot of our shiners and native fish and things are cyprinids. Um, and in Africa, you have a lot of Tetras and cyprinids that are in the hobby. But in general, if it's in the hobby and if it's from South America and it's a small Tetra looking fish, it probably is. And if it's from Asia, it, it, it's definitely not a, a kerosene. It is definitely a cyprinid because that's the family of fish there. So cyprinids are things like danios, barbs. Um, yeah, danios and barbs are the main ones that we find in our hobby. But other things, um, uh, bitterlings and goldfish, I believe. Is that right? Don't quote me on the goldfish carp thing, but I think so. Um, but anyway, the common danios and barbs and things like that. Now, hill trouts, all that stuff. Kerosens are basically tetras and tetra-like fish. So that's anything from like your little neon tetra on up to your piranha, um, that whole family. So that's, I guess, the basic breakdown. Now, what, what actually the scientific description is, um, whether it's a tooth structure or some kind of thing like that, that is the differentiation, I don't know. I don't know where the common ancestor is back that they split off of. Um, I haven't dug into it that deep, but hopefully streetwise that's uh, enough to get you where you want to go at this time and hopefully it came across clearly. <laughs> okay, scrolling, looking for some stuff. 175 in here. Hey, everybody, thanks for being here. Not bad for a Wednesday night. I appreciate you all. Of course, I say that now it's 174. <laughs> it always happens. Gary's Aquatics, any ideas about where to get high quality red cherry shrimp online? Um, thanks, Stan. Gary's Aquatics, I don't have any personal experience buying shrimp online. So I would need to defer that to the community. If anyone here knows a good place to buy shrimp online, red cherry shrimp specifically, or what we're looking for. And by high quality, Gary, do you mean like super red, the best color and purity and things? Or do you mean like hardy, like they won't die on you? Um, I feel like we have different definitions of what high quality is, but let's see if we can't get both. Does anyone know a seller online that has super beautifully colored and, um, lines of cherry shrimp that will breed true and are healthy and hardy. Let's, let's go for that one. If you do let us know. So Gary's aquatics can get an answer. Now I, I do know just from YouTube watching all his videos, Robert flip aquatics sells shrimp and I believe has the shrimp keepers best, the customer's best interests at heart, does a month long quarantine, all that stuff. So Flip Aquatics might be somewhere to check, but I've never ordered fish from there personally. So I don't have personal experience with that. Um, Lucas Bretz has a good reputation and I think has the customer um, in mind as well. So um, LR Bretz might have some available. Um, he has lots of shrimp, but again, I've never ordered from Lucas. So Gary, that's the, I think our best bet is getting some community members to tell you their, their actual direct experience. But those are some places to check out. 
if nothing else works out for you. The good thing about cherry shrimp is they usually aren't too expensive. So it's not like if you were getting into some of the really high-end shrimp. And yeah, it's bad when any animal dies. I'm not discounting the, the, the loss of life, but I am saying it's easier on the wallet if you lose a, 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 a shrimp that's only four bucks versus one that's like, you know, 30 bucks. So, yeah. Um, and Gary, I, cherry shrimp are probably the most common shrimp in the hobby. So I'd be surprised if there isn't someone local to you that breeds them. Um, perhaps some Facebook group with local aquarists or if there's a local fish club, uh, you would know that better than me. But if you haven't reached out to the local community, uh, the best would probably be to find someone locally that breeds them because then they're already used to your water values and, and uh, things from your area. So just some thoughts. Wish I could help you more. Mark Vaughn, Wisco, 715, Aquarist, Aquaristic. <laughs> Any simple tips on taking photos of fish, especially fast-moving fish like endlers? Yes, there's two things that I think will help with that. One is, in by the way, not a great photographer myself. I'm learning. Um, I, that's something I'm getting much better at, but I still have a long way to go. Uh, Swiski, Jimmy at Swiski. S Whiskey has a YouTube channel and he, he knows a lot more about photography. But what I have found is for fast moving fish, you need extremely high light. So you're going to have to get a lot of light on there. And I don't know if just a single normal um, fish tank light is going to be enough. Maybe if you have a really strong one or something like that, that's meant for corals or something, but you need a ton of light. And then the reason you need a ton of light is because you have to use a very high shutter speed and uh, you want a, the adequate focal length to make that work. So if you have a very high shutter speed so that you can catch the fish in action because it's moving super fast, so you have to shut that shutter really quickly, that only gives the camera a tiny, tiny amount of time to get enough light into it to capture that image clearly, right? That's why you need so much strong light. So you can make your shutter speed really quick. And then in addition, you're gonna to need to probably extend your depth of field so it catches your f-stop, so that it, it catches a wider depth of field so you can catch the fish in like a six to eight inch depth rather than having to catch it right in like this little tiny one half inch depth or something. In order to do that, you need a ton of light as well. So the, the larger your depth of field, the more light you need. The quicker your shutter speed, the more light you need. And those are two things you have to accomplish to catch a good image of a really fast moving fish. In order to do that, both those things, you need extremely high light. So that would be my tip. A ton of light, like more than you think. True LTD, since there is an Island of Isolation TV show with entertainers with this pandemic going on, hypothetically, what species of fish would you want in isolation? That's a good question. Um, I've, I generally say that if I could only ever have one fish ever for the rest of my life, it would be um, Fundalopanchax gardneri. It's a beautiful fish. It's a killifish. It's the first killifish I ever raised. It might be the first egg layer I ever spawned and raised successfully. If I, rem it's been a long time, so I'm going to go with yes. 
<laughs> for all intents and purposes. And they're hardy, they're beautiful, they breed prolifically. So it's just a fun fish to have around. So that's the one I say. And I, I think if I was on a deserted island, no one's really done this yet. But if I was, I bet I could selectively breed for a lot of really cool things on a fish like that. If I got bored and was like, I need new strains like guppy things, you know, I could, I could do some long fin stuff. I could, they have beautiful red dots on them. I could breed to, to extend that color out. They have a lot of yellow on them. I could breed to extend that out. There's a lot of, there's a lot on that palette that you could work with for a long time. So I think it could be really fun in isolation. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're kind of in isolation right now. Killers <laughs> Aquatics, has the current health restrictions, inability to get fish had any effect on investors? Um, well, yes. I think it has. In fact, for my investors, um, pretty soon here, I'm going to work up a report uh, just so you know what's gone on um, since I took the first investment. When was that? Uh, back in November or so. So I'll do a whole report with the numbers and things so, so everyone's in the loop. But the main thing that it's done, there's two main things. One is it's just made it so it's taking longer for investors to get payouts because um, the whole point is to get this thing moving and growing quickly enough that uh, there can be enough profit that the business isn't just breaking even, but it generates enough income that the investors can recoup their investment and make a profit on it, right? From a financial standpoint, that's taking longer because again, I'm just barely getting back to the level of having the number of species available that I had before I even started building the annex. And so just not having enough fish to sell is making it so investors are not getting um, dividends as quickly as would have happened otherwise. So that's one thing. The other thing though, from the standpoint of being able to build the next expansion is the main reason to build the annex was to see what happens when we expand. What are the financial ramifications? What's that do for our margins? What does that do for our volume? How much can I handle by myself versus when do I need to hire an employee so we can kind of plan for the number of employees we'll need long-term, things like that. So it's to gather data so that, and to gather it for about six, eight months so that I could have data and crunch that and be like, okay, what's the reality here? The hope is that the reality is that if we expand, then profits expand too. And margins don't shrink to the point that profits aren't growing, right? And so, I mean, you could expand and just do it in an inefficient way and all the extra sales are eaten up with things, right? Uh, say you hire three employees when you only need one or something like that, right? So there, you could expand and not, not have margin. Um, we're trying to find out if we expand, how do we keep margin and extrapolate from that? So basically collecting all that data so then I could put that into a, um, a, 
a proposal, a business plan, a proposal, and then pitch that to uh, to more investors to fund the next expansion, which is the large warehouse. So the problem is I haven't, I still don't know what that is. I haven't been able to collect any of that data because I haven't been able to keep things sufficiently stocked to where actually know what happens when I have 100 to 131 species for sale instead of 50. So those are the two things I would say. Investors are not uh, recouping their investment as quickly as I would have hoped. And and it's delaying the start of when I have the data, uh, when I can start collecting the data so I can know how to best proceed, make that plan, make that proposal, and pitch it to future investors. So those are the main things. Um, I guess the one thing that's been good for investors so far is they do get um, things at cost. So if if you are an investor at dancefish.com, then you get uh, 40% off your purchase because that's what our current margin is. So yeah, that's that's the one good thing that's happening, (laughs) but it's gonna take a lot of purchases um, for that alone to be worth the initial investment. So yeah, that, uh, yes. I mean, I was hoping, I mean, it was literally right when the orders to fill the expansion that week they were being shipped that week, Nigeria was shipping. And then the next week, I believe, Um, Indonesia was going to ship. It was literally like two days before that shipment was coming out that Nigeria shut down and then I couldn't get anything. It's been the timing. It was like a movie. It was like a, one of those horrible movie scenes. Anyway, Moonstone, that's going to take a minute. Asia is still considered a hot zone and everybody's pretty sketchy on import. Yes. My kid got imported. And he is in a two-week lockdown, can't leave his room. Oh, that's right. Congratulations on, uh, and thank him for his service, please. Kenny Overholes, posting my email. Thank you. Rockford Fishkeeping. I think I know about this guy selling manganos. (laughs) I sent them all. I sent them all to a gentleman named Richard. He ordered, I think, 12, and I just packed all 24 of them in a box and sent them to him. I was like, here you go. <laughs> uh, candy overalls. What about mile high plecos? Um, I see mile high every now and then um, in chats and things jumping in and out. I actually need to contact him. I'm not sure exactly how Mikey Trevor's doing. Uh, candy. I, I need to check on him. Last I knew he was fine. Um, if something's happened and I don't know about it, please let me know. But um, I actually haven't sent him a text in a long time, so I do need to check up on that guy. Skipper's Aquariums, to ask a question, type a dance fish, so it highlights, yes, indeed. The fish tank barn, too many projects, too much nine to five job, just needed a day off. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I get it. Every now and then you got to like get back in touch with your wife and kids and be like, what's your name again? Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> right? You got to have some family time. Skipper's Aquariums, the fish room is slow right now, but I need to get it done. The longfin paleotis I got from you laid eggs today. Awesome. Must have had a storm front 
coming in, huh? Yeah, those uh, longfin paleotis have been breeding not just for you, but lots of folks are breeding them. So that's awesome. That's that's the best thing as a fishmonger. Sell some fish. A few months later, someone's like, "Hey, they're breeding for me now." It's like, yes, that's what that's what's supposed to happen. Punchy Paints talking about the wind. Yeah, here in Wyoming right now, the wind is ripping. It is so windy out there. <laughs> Wyoming Aquatics. Dan keeps getting loaches. I'll have to get another tank or something like that. It jumped on me. Sorry. Sorry, Wyoming Aquatics. Um, Gary Duncan is the next one I can see. Chat jumped on me. So if, if I didn't get to yours... Um, and you were above Gary Duncan's that I'm about to read, please repost it below. I'm sorry, it totally got cut off. Someone gave me 15 Showa Koi Swordtails last night, and they are huge. One of the females is two inches and five inches with the sword, I think is what you're saying. Cool. Wow. Wow. Well, if you raise about 100 of those, I'll buy them, Gary. <laughs> I missed some super chats. Sorry about that. Chattanooga Ed punching me in the face with a fox cat for five bucks. Thanks, Ed. Um, hope your puffer's doing well. And it's good to see you, man. Streetwise with two dollars. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And Petsotic saying, I think. Oh, I can't see the. I'll have to. It won't let me scroll down to see that, Petsotics. Will it? Oh. There it is. It says, hey, you. Well, hello, Petsotics. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Um, Salad, you got some action on Get Gills? I think I saw that. Yeah. So congrats if, if I'm remembering that right. And Keller's Aquatics throwing down 10 bucks with a thank you. And I can't see what the sticker's doing. So, oh, wait, here it is. Oh, there you go. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome, Keller's Aquatics. Um, glad you got... What are you gonna what are you gonna name her? There was some what's Sterling's lady gonna be? <laughs> Glad she arrived. Um, I did see the second live stream you did, but I only caught a couple minutes of it. I was literally like about drifting off to sleep, so I didn't participate in that one or anything. But I, I did see that you had a divider in there and that they uh, she'd settled in a little bit, so hope she's doing well. Glad I could get her to you. And I hope she does turn out to be a female in the end. <laughs> We're talking about a, a dragon puff that I sent. Uh, Killers Aquatics. Has a male, was looking for a female. Skipper's Aquariums um, at Ed Kozak. Okay, I missed one. The butterfly cichlids had eggs again today. And you need bristlenose. I have about 30 fry right now. It's across Calico and Longfin Albino. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, Ed, if you'll send me an email... Dan at dancefish.com. We'll see about the plecos. I'm hoping that I can find one person who has 75 or so and I can get them all in one batch just because then I don't have to pay for shipping twice, right? Because um, if I got 30 from you and then um, 45 from someone else to make the 75, that'd be double the shipping. So, but do send me an email. If no one approaches and says, hey, I've got 75 of them, then I'll take 30. Yeah. So please email me and that way I'll at least not forget about it. Marcy from SoCal. Did I miss the magic word to win a beautiful fish? You did. 
It's hashtag electric slide, as Candy said, down below there. For people acting up, I see a lot of held or deleted uh, <laughs> chats. Behave, people. Don't, don't make the mods have a hard job. They, they're volunteering. Come on. Be nice. Be courteous. I'm an EB. Looking up quickly, clean the gravel vacuum between each tank. Would H2O2 work? If so, how long and what strength? Oh, yeah. Looking to quickly clean the gravel vac between each tank. Yes. Hydrogen peroxide would work. Um, how much? I think you would need to read the bottle on that. I don't know exactly because let's see when I do the nets that's a big container I don't know what that works out to be you know what I don't know off the top of my head what the uh, concentration is but on the bottle it should give you instructions for how much to use for sterilization um, I just follow that I'm sorry I don't know off the top of my head I like know it's um, two milliliters per gallon for like to start egg incubation and things but if you're trying to just kill everything and sterilize it it's going to be more and i don't know how much more um the other thing which i'm sure you're doing is just so sterilizing is great and then hanging it up to dry instead of like well maybe it's too long maybe it's a super long one and you can't do this but if it's shorter and you can then if you can hang it up to dry so it kind of goes like this and down instead of being looped a bunch um that'll help too because Drying out doesn't kill everything, but it kills a lot of things. Cichlids23, have a nightmare algae problem in my 20-gallon planted, like green hair algae. Ooh. SAE, the best thing to add to handle it, or is there something better? I think South, well, yeah, I think Siamese algae eaters are probably the best. You might need to get a few of them. I haven't, I'm trying to think if there's an algae that the, that they won't eat. I don't think so. The only one that I think they have trouble getting is like this stuff right here. This is green spot algae. It's super hard. It feels like sandpaper when you put your finger on it, um, when you touch it. And it's so close to the glass that they can't get it completely off, right? But besides that, I don't, I can't think of an algae that they won't eat off the top of my head. And I, Oh, I was going to show you this. Can I show you this? Let me show you. <laughs> you want to see some algae? Just a sec. Let me show you this 100 gallon. This is, uh, I, cleared, I cleared a bunch of water spread out of this tank. Can you see that on the back wall? See that? All that. That's all algae coming off. Like a big, like a big Ents beard, right? like a forest sprites beard, big green thing. Now, I don't, hang on, I gotta turn these lights off because it's bright. Now, the reason that's happening, is, and I'm letting it happen because I've got crystal red shrimp in there and I think algae's wonderful for crystal red shrimp. So I'm, I'm actually happy that that's happening. But the reason that's happening is I took um, half of the water sprite that was in there, it was coating the entire top and the roots were all the way to the bottom. It was just a big, the tank was just water sprite basically. I took a little more than half of it out. And so suddenly all the nutrients that the water sprite was soaking up, there was a bunch available and a bunch more light penetration. So that algae just went boom 
And the other thing is, I cut the bio load a lot, so I was no longer, I'm no longer dumping in lots and lots of food. So there's less nutrients, and the water sprite needs a lot of nutrients to really thrive. A ton of light now that the water sprite isn't blocking it anymore, unless water sprite to compete with. So that's that's just booming. But yeah, in my experience, SAEs are the best algae eater for a fish. The best algae eater of all time ever is scuds, amphipods. They'll eat every algae that's not free floating, that's not just suspended in the water column. If it's floating on the surface, they'll eat that. If it's solid enough, they can grip it and grab onto it and munch on it. But the stuff that's in the water column, green water, they won't. But everything else, um, they're the best. So I don't know if that's an aquarium you can put those in or not. But if it is, scuds are amazing for that. And um, I know HC Aqua has tons of scuds and hates them. So you might be able to uh, convince HC Aqua to sell you some. I don't know uh, for sure. Chattanooga Ed, just got to your super chat. See, I didn't miss anyone, did I? Okay, 196, we, 197, we're almost at 200. That's not bad. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you would take a moment to share this, let folks know this is happening. Maybe we could get up to, uh... oh, it went back down. Darn it, 196. <laughs> if you haven't done it yet and you wouldn't mind sharing this out, that'd be appreciated, folks. Rick Stidham, I bought from LRB and Flip Aquatics, but I don't seem to have the knack for shrimp. I haven't done well with them so far. No fault of the livestock. Okay. Rachel O'Leary has shrimp, says Dave Jenkins. Okay, cool. Rachel has a spectacular reputation. I've never bought from her, but she definitely knows her stuff. And um, Rick, I'm with you. When I get shrimp, they there's often an adjustment for them and some amount of die-off. I'm not sure why. Not always, but that often often happens for me too. I think they're just sensitive. Guitar Doc 71, just one more fish has some of the best I've seen personally, in real life at least. I don't know if Josh ships. Let's see if those are available. So Josh has a store here, I think, doesn't he? Just one more fish with Josh. Um, not right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you're in here, Josh, if you have any you could send, uh, please let who asked that. Was it Gary? Let them know. Just one more fish with Josh. I have several shrimp available and would be happy to help. All right, Josh, post those up. Let's get those up. <laughs> But thanks for helping. Uh, I'll let you gentlemen get in touch, and hopefully that can be all settled. The loan, of course, do you have a newsletter we could sign up for to hear new listings? Um, I don't. I post them all on Get Gills, and I make videos about them here at the YouTube channel. I did. I I had a newsletter that I used to do regularly, and I still have the MailChimp account and everything to do that. However, um, I can make a video or take the time to write up the newsletter. I just make the video because I'm probably going to do that anyway. So I don't have a newsletter. One day um, will be big enough that we will have a newsletter. We'll ask someone that that's part of their job. But 
uh, when it's just good old me by myself, uh, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already doing all I can do. So, but thanks for asking. I'm, I mean, that's, that's flattering actually that someone say, Hey, do you have a newsletter? I'd like to be on. That's, that's awesome. I wish I did. Rose Aquatics has some cherry shrimp, says Kayla's Aquatics. Good. Good to know. Guitar Doc, you have told us about the problem you're having getting things in. What was it like before COVID? Did you get most of what you ordered? Um, it, it varied. I would usually get at least half of what I ordered in before. There was always some variation. But I'd say in general, I'd probably get maybe about half of what I ordered in, sometimes more. Um, I remember once, so what I would typically do is order uh, almost twice what I really was expecting to get. And then I usually get about 50% of that. That was kind of my strategy. And that worked pretty well. There was one time I remember when I got everything I ordered and I was like, whoa, I mean, I could handle it, but (laughs) that was a busy week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's hardly ever the case that you get everything you order, but two bags out of 70, I mean, that's, that's COVID time. That's not normal. I would have in, you know, I would have had 30 to 40 bags, normally 50 bags, something like that out of 70. Mark Von Wisco, 715 Aquaristic. Thanks. I just have to point and shoot camera. I'll try adding a second light and the other tips. Yeah, um, even if you have just a point and shoot, the more light you have, the more it's gonna automatically be able to do a quicker shutter speed for you. And I don't know your camera specifically, but more light will definitely help. The other thing I guess you could do if all else fails is get a net, maybe a white net so that it doesn't tinge the whole photo blue, kind of catch the fish, hold it in the net, hold the net up to the glass, right? And then the fish is just in the net and that way you can hopefully get a picture. It's not going to be as good because the fish will be clamped up and probably, you know, (laughs) not settled and not in its natural behavior. And that'll block some light too, having the net around it, but it might be something that could help. Michael Wentworth, thanks for the chance. Breeding is pleasure. No more professor. Hashtag three times equals world peace and boom, boom in the fish room. Hey, Michael, good to see you. Um, and dude, you're doing an amazing job over the Get Gills Facebook group. Thanks so much for modding that. I really appreciate what you do there. In fact, the other day I was like, I should just make him full admin. Because <laughs> you do a lot more than I do at that group right now. So... Um, Ken's fish. Does that mean if I win, I get to ship you more? <laughs> yes, Kent. If you win your own fish. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Kent, if you win, um, I'll get you something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that'd be no fun. Kent wins and I, I send him back the fish I bought from him. <laughs> Petsonics, two bucks. Hey, made it to that super chat. So I'm not so far behind. Although when it jumped, I bet it cut out a lot of chats that I can't see now. 808. Okay, we got plenty of time to get these. Not bad. I can relax. Oh, oh, I'm on the wrong screen. Jeez, sorry, people. Oh, man. How long was I there for? That was probably 15 minutes. 
<laughs> let's just okay for the rest of the stream there there now i don't have to worry about it no <laughs> oh man oh man i think people have been like yelling at me in the chat you're on the wrong screen and i'm just so far up i didn't see it that's the that is the one bad thing about always being super behind in the stream is that if someone's trying to tell me hey your sound's off or whatever or you're on the wrong window i don't see it Sean, Mr. Shelley, OOTD, F1 Cockatoid, he's really starting to color up. How's the batch of the pistol fry doing? They're good. They're still growing. Um, I wouldn't say they're amazingly fast growers, but they're they're putting on size. And yeah, I've got some more of the uh, F1 Epistle, uh the Cockatoides myself, and they're starting to look really good. In fact, I think they're breeding. The female was acting like she was uh, going to spawn here pretty soon. But I'm glad, Sean. I'm glad they're doing well. Yeah, there's, there is nothing like hobbyist bred and raised fish. Like it's just, they're almost always so far superior. Or they, it's not even, it's, I don't want to say that because I don't want to say other fish are inferior, but they take so much less work. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get them all the time and sell them all the time. True LTD. So you are dedicated to an egg lane tooth carp. What about project? Oh, what about like guppies and stuff? Um, yeah, for me, it would be, uh, it would, it would be a killifish. Yep. A lot of it's for nostalgic reasons. I mean, that was the first fish that I really fell in love with. That was the first fish that I saw and I was like, I need that. And I like went and hunted for it. Right. I, I saw it in a picture in a book and in my local library. And I saw that picture. I saw some gardener eye and they blew my mind. I wanted that. And just seeing it, I was like, that's gotta be like the rarest, most expensive fish ever. And then I saw some pictures of some Nothobronchius and some others, blue Galeris, things like that. And they were so gorgeous that I was sure that they were going to cost like as much as a car. Um, and, but I didn't care. I went, and I hunted for them. I'm, I could mow a lot of lawns. I could mow lawns for money to buy fish. That's how I did it. And so I'm like 13, 14 years old, something like that. And I remember when I, it took a long time, but my local pet store used to be a member of the American Killifish Association. Um, at the time that I was asking him if he could get them, I was like, do you know what these are? He's like, yeah. It's like, can you get him? He's like, ooh, because he wasn't, I think, a member anymore. But he eventually was able to get a couple in. And I remember when I saw them first time in person. Oh, that feeling. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that feeling. Like the first fish that I ever like was in love with, hunted down, finally got. Yeah. That was quite the thing. So Part of why, besides the fact that they're prolific, they're hardy, and they're beautiful, besides all that, um, it's just, it's that nostalgia. Um, I have that experience with them that's like in my bones. So that's why. Maria Z, try Haley for bushy nose plecos. Okay. Um, Haley Oddball Aquatics Haley? Is that the Haley we're talking about? I think I have that right. Moonstone, being redundant, check Haley. She got you. Okay, cool. I can reach out to Haley. Moonstone, vodka is clear, you know. Yeah, but I don't drink vodka. Gin, however. 
What can I say? I'm a flapper at heart. Um, all right, just made it to Kaler's Aquatics $10 Super Chat. So if you're wondering how far behind I am, that's where I'm at. John Deerer. Dan, can you name drop the flake food you use that's medicated? Um, I got it from Everything Aquatic. I'll take you there. I can do better than name drop here. Let's take you there. Let's see here. So we've got 116 folks that are eligible to win some electric blue Acara. You'll win three of them. If you, uh, you'll be entered to win three of them, I should say. If you enter hashtag electric slide, electric slide in the uh, comments. So let's see here. Everything aquatic. Here you go. So here's everything aquatic. Looks like they're having some issues. But here is, if Candy hasn't already done it, it's probably already been listed. But there's, I just linked the website. And so if you go to fish foods, I think, no, I went to medications and medicated foods. Oh, I got to share this. Sorry. So let me get back there. So if you go here, medications, medicated foods. Um, then here's their medicated foods that they have to offer. Now, I do want to say, just in full transparency, that I have not used them long enough with enough fish to really know how effective the medicated foods are. Um, so I can't recommend them. Maybe in a few months I could, but at this point I can't recommend them. Um, and the other thing is that everything aquatics, you guys have to get your customer service together a little bit. Um, I emailed them a few times before I placed my order because I, I just want to know something simple. I wanted to know what the expiration date was for the medicated foods because I didn't want to put in an order for like 20 pounds of it. And then if it was going to expire in, you know, four weeks or something. So I was going to buy the quantity based on when it expired. And I emailed them a few times and they never got back to me. So that's a problem. Uh, everything aquatic, if you're listening, you guys have to have customer service. How are we going to like be able to purchase from you if you don't let us know things like that? And I don't think there's an expiration date on the package of food either. So I'm kind of like, well, I mean, let me see if that's true. Hang on half a second. Okay. No. Yeah, no expiration date. So what I got, and I'm not, again, I'm not recommending this because I don't have enough experience with it, but I, I got this one, the General Trio Flake. Wow, that's bright. Because it has uh, metronidazole, nitrofurazone, and canamycin in it, which are the two antibiotics that I like to use, and I also like to use um, metronidazole. And then I got the Quad Parasite Flake, um, because it has prosy and levamisole in it, which are another two that I generally use. It also has Epsom salt and garlic in it. I don't care about that, but I wanted the prosy and the levamisole. So, but nowhere on here is there an expiration date. They never got back to me and it was at least two emails that I sent them. Um, and I gave them a week between the first and second email. It might've been more emails than that. I still haven't heard back from them. So 
that's a problem. So I'm hoping that these haven't expired. I have no idea because they won't get back to me and there's nothing on the package. So that is the one rub that I would say that I've experienced with that company. Um, the other thing that makes me a little skeptical about this, and again, maybe it's working great, but is when I put it in the aquarium, when I put the flakes in, almost immediately I'll see salts precipitate out and drop off the food. So what that means is that at least some of the medication, when I put the flakes in the water, is pretty much immediately falling off and dissolving into the water column. So the fish obviously are not eating that. My, my hope is that enough of it sticks to the flake and doesn't fall off that it actually has an effect. But I won't really know that for sure till I use it long enough to see the results versus the old way of doing it. There's no way to measure that. So maybe the uh, medications that are on the bottom of the flake fall off, but the stuff that's on the top stays there. And maybe that's enough that when the fish eats it, it has an effect. Um, I think that it works best, of course, if a fish eats it really quickly. After it sat in the tank for a little while, um, I'm pretty sure the medicine is probably mostly dissipated out of it. Again, I can't measure that or study it, but I, I literally can see with my eyes when I put the medicine in, I can literally see little pieces of salt falling off of it. And salt is what the medicines use as a binder. So um, I know medicine is falling off of it. So that being said, um, I've had pretty good survival rates so far, but I haven't been using it that long. And not with that many fish, just because it's been hard to get fish. And so I I won't know for a while. I need more data before I'm like, yep, this stuff's awesome, or nope, it doesn't work. You know, I, I don't I don't know. And when I do that, I'll only know anecdotally, because the drawback of this is there's really no way to test uh, how effective medicated foods are. Now, if it was mixed into rapashi or something, you made it yourself, you actually mixed it in, that would probably be a little more effective because um, – the medicine's deep within that piece of food, but flakes are so thin and things um, that I just wonder, I'm not saying it's not efficacious. I'm just wondering how well it works, I guess. But I knew I'd be wondering that and need to try it for a while before I knew. But anyway, John Deere, that's probably more than you wanted to know about medicated foods. Okay. 215 watching. Boom. See what happens when you're on the right screen. <laughs> when I do my job, it's amazing. <laughs> Moonstone, he'll catch up. Don't believe me. Just watch. <laughs> yep. We'll see. Hallelujah. Verena guy. Good to see you, man. Those humphead glass fish look striking. They're amazing. In fact, um, if they don't sell, I'm going to, I think, put them in here with Burmese clouded archers up top. And if they do sell, I'm probably going to order some and put them in here with Burmese clouded archers up top. They're just, I've seen pictures of glassfish, those humphead glassfish for a while. Um, I've read about them. I've known about them. But every time I've seen them on the list, which isn't always, they're not always available. But when they have been available, the price has been so high that I'd been like, man, I don't want to order those. And 
and then just what if they all crash? What if they don't like my water? All that stuff. So um, I finally found a batch at a price that made sense and got them in. And I have to say, they're awesome. Like they're the fish that I'm in love with right now just because they're so unique. There's nothing else like them that I've ever experienced. So they kind of remind me, I want to say of a hill trout, but not really. They don't zip around the tank all the time, but when food hits, they're like zoop, 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 so fast that they're like almost like bubble trails behind them in the water, right? They're, they're super fast swimmers, so they can definitely turn it on. They have that amazing look. I'm just in love with them. I think they're amazing. Um, and I don't know much about them yet as far as like with firsthand experience because this is the first batch I've ever kept. But so far, so good. They're eating flakes. They're eating pellets. I may eat frozen and live too, but they're, they're proving to be – I haven't lost a single one. They're just proving to be hardy, neat fish. Now, I have read – again, I haven't kept them long enough to know this, but I have read – that they're semi-aggressive, that you need to treat them like, say, like a, a barb or something and keep groups, say a tiger barb, you need to keep them in groups or they might be aggressive to other fish and that they're very quick to the food, so they might outcompete slower feeders and things like that. So I don't think they're for every tank and they'll probably nip things with long flowing fins, but I think they'd be fine with like rainbows and barbs and stuff that's bigger and not, not slow to the food. But but I don't know yet. Um, yeah, just going off what I read. But I like them too, man. They're they're so they're so cool. Every now and then you get a fish in and it blows your mind. Like I've seen a lot of fish, and usually when I get fish, in, I'm like, oh, that's cool, and I appreciate it. But every now and then I get a fish in and I'm just like, in my mind is like just. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> Moonstone. Those curved metal scrapers take it straight off, though, and the CAE are so happy when you do that. Um, you're talking about the algae? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. CAE. I should know that, but my brain is not computing. What does that stand for? You'll have to tell me. Cyclist 23. And the SAEs are good with CPDs, right? Thanks. Oh, I don't know about that. I've never kept SAEs with CPDs. Um, I don't know. Cyclist 23, I don't know. Could someone here chime in? Have you ever kept um, CPDs, Celestial Pearl Daniels, uh, with... Oh, Celestial Pearl Daniels, yes. For some reason, my mind went to... Um, Crystal red shrimp when I read CPD. I, I read that as CRS. Yes, Cyclist 23. I think that they would be fine with CPDs. Um, one caveat is sometimes you get CPDs in and they're like literally a quarter of an inch and tiny. Those might get eaten by a full-grown SAE. But once the CPDs are full-grown and established and all that, I think they'll be fine with SAEs. Now, SAEs are inquisitive. They're, they're, they're one of those fish that I wouldn't call them bullies or anything like that, but they're, they're curious. So they'll get in other fish's faces and things like that. Um, so CPDs might not like that very much. CPDs uh, kind of mellow, but I don't think that the SAEs will purposely be aggressive to the CPDs provided they're, you know, adults. 
Now, if someone else in here has a different experience, please let us know. I've never done it. I'm just guessing Cichlids 23 that they'd be okay. Dragon layer, Florida flagfish would clear that algae right up. Yes, that's true. Florida flagfish love that kind of long stringy algae. Yep. Like for string algae, they are good. Um, but there's other types of algae they don't eat. So I think the best all-round algae eater is a Siamese algae eater when it comes to the fish. But but Dragon Lay is right. Florida flagfish, that one specific kind of algae they, they really like. Priscilla NK Art, did you get a fish order yet? Just, yeah, I tried. Um, I ordered, I talked about it at the beginning of the live stream. I ordered 70 species. I got two today. <laughs> and they were delayed. So they came today instead of Monday. So I got discus and I got serpent launches. And I ordered like literally 70 bags and that's all I got. So pretty slow, pretty slow. How are you doing? Priscilla, are you guys able to get stuff in? And if you are like, what's the ratio? Is it better than two out of 70? <laughs> Multi-tank addiction shared out. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I can tell you brought in 222 people. Multi-tank addiction is popular. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate the help. Barbara Jackson. Hey, Barbara, good to see you. Would SAE get along with guppies? I get hair algae a lot. Guppy can annoy some fish. Yeah, I don't think the guppies are going to annoy SAEs. SAEs are pretty active and inquisitive, kind of like guppies. And I keep SAEs with guppies all the time, even like, you know, long tail type guppies. And I haven't had any problems. I'm not sure that you won't, but in my experience, I haven't. And I keep SAEs in pretty much every tank down here. And I've kept them with lots of kinds of guppies and I've never had a problem. Now, the, the tanks down here have lots of plants, water sprite and java fern and stuff like that. So I don't know if in a completely bare tank, then the SAEs would get bored and start chasing them or whatever. Like, but don't know that. But in my setup, they're great. Just one more fish with Josh. I will get some cherry shrimp loaded up tonight. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Then folks can buy them. So if you want some cherry shrimp, just one more fish with Josh. We'll have them on Get Kills. And um, Rose Aquatics has them, it says. <laughs> Candy telling me I'm still screen sharing. Thanks, Candy. <laughs> You're doing your job. I just wasn't there to see it. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> It's got to be frustrating to work with me sometimes. <laughs> Priscilla NK Art, I did the same. Ask people for fish via Facebook store site. That was a mistake. We were able to get stuff, but way too expensive. Shipping is still ridiculous. Yeah, that's... That is the hard part of buying from hobbyists is making sure that they understand that you're not going to be able to pay them retail rates, right? You actually have to have a margin that you can mark them up so you can pay for your costs, your medicines, your food, the water, the electricity, the labor, the all that stuff that goes into running a business. Um, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Luckily, I think that, I mean, not everyone understands that. And it just doesn't work for some people. Like if a there's also the thing when you're buying from hobbyists where they don't have enough to make it worth the shipping. It's like, well, I got 20 of these and they're inexpensive fish. And it's like, well, yes, but shipping those is going to cost more than the value of the fish themselves. So um, there's all those economics behind it that, that are on our minds for sure. But, uh, you know, we can't expect 
the average hobbyist to know because they don't live in that world. So, yep. Yep, I hear you. I hope you can get some stuff, Priscilla. Um, it's it's tough all around. <laughs> it just is. I'm, I'm not complaining, though. I guess I am sometimes, but yeah, it's tough all around. But at least I have a business that can still function right now, right? It still functions... Um, Cause it's an email business and, and all that, or with Priscilla curbside pickup and things. So at least we still have a job, Priscilla, I guess that's a, that's a huge blessing. Okay. Chat jumped, but I'm getting there. Ooh, I have only got a minute. I'm, I'm gonna, okay. Let me get up to find the last one. Hang on. It jumped on me. Marlin Chaser 87 I ordered eight blue Acara from you today. Awesome. As well as some flag and bandit cichlids. Thanks for the chance to win some more. Hey, you got it. Thanks for the order. I appreciate it. And thanks for being here. And um, yeah, about what this afternoon, I checked email and responded to all the orders. So if you ordered after, what time was that? Two or three, my time, then I haven't got to it yet. But I will email everyone tomorrow that I didn't get, um, that ordered later in the day. Riley Booth, what are the downsides to keeping scuds in your opinion, I think? Um, let's see here. I think the main thing is that they can out-compete like caridina and neocaridina shrimp. So if you're a shrimp keeper, that can be a bad thing. Besides that, I don't really think there are any downsides. Um, as long as you have fish of any size, they'll keep the population down because they'll eat them like crazy. So, yeah, that's I mean, they they will eat mosses. They like to eat Java moss and things like that. But again, if there's fish in the tank, I think they'll keep the scud population in check to where it shouldn't be that big of a problem. Well, folks, it's 830. I've got to shut it down. I'm sorry if I missed your chat or your comment and it was something that was, um, <laughs> I just saw Kayla's Aquatic Super Chat, 199 <laughs> with the onset chair. That's Bob's way of telling me, hey buddy, it's 8.30, shut it down. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Um, anyway, if you had a question or comment I didn't get to and it's something that's important, um, like you need an answer, uh, just email me, dan at dancefish.com, and I'll get to you. Or if you were talking in the chat about fish that you could offer for sale to me, if you would make that in an email, dan at dancefish, just let me know what you have, um, how many of them you have, what size they are, and if there's a price that you're thinking of, let me know that too, so we can go from there. All right, with that, let's do the drawing. I want to again thank um, Kent for providing me with these awesome electric blue cars. Best ones I've ever seen, Kent, honestly. And just so hardy and healthy and happy. They're awesome. Um, so the winner of that is Geo Aquatics. You have won some electric blue Acara. If you would respond here in the chat within the next minute or so that you're here, um, then we'll go ahead and send them to you on Monday. Send me an email, dan at dancefish.com with your first and last name and your mailing address so I can do that. And if you would send me that email by midnight tonight, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, 
the hard cutoff is noon tomorrow, but by midnight tonight would be good. Um, so let us know you're here and, uh, and that you accept them. All right. We've got 25 more seconds. Geo Aquatics. If you're here, you've won. Come on in. Let us know. All right, in a few, in a little while here, we're going to go ahead and redraw if Geo doesn't chime in. It does not appear that Geo's here. It does not appear that Geo is here. Yeah, as a poet, I didn't even know. There he is. Geo Aquatics is here. Awesome. Cutting it close, Geo. <laughs> what was that? With like three seconds to spare. Awesome, Geo Aquatics. You have won. I think it can send you three electric blue Acaris. Um, so yeah, email me your first and last name and your mailing address, dan at dancefish.com. And I will send them to you on Monday. River Life, throwing down five bucks. Thank you so, so much, River Life. I appreciate it. Good show. Thanks for the info. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks to my mods for doing what they do. Thanks for all the super chats. Uh, always appreciated. Never required. But they do make the wife super happy. We'll be here next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time like we are every week. Um, everyone that left a comment or question, thank you. It's so nice to have... Uh, people leave stuff that I can, you know, start a discussion off that I can riff on a little bit. Just makes my job so much easier. All you lurkers, I'm with you. Hope you're doing well, cleaning your fish room or whatever you're doing right now. And uh, everyone watching on the replay, thanks for being here. Um, I really love this community. For those that don't know, this is important to me from a, a social aspect because I live in a tiny town in the middle of kind of nowhere Wyoming, there aren't a lot of fish keepers here. And I come from Southern California where you had like five or six fish clubs. And I could go to a, a fish club or two every weekend if I wanted to. And I miss that interaction a lot. So you're that interaction for me now. So thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, just giving me a chance to connect with some fish nerds and talk fish once a week. It's I love it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Beyond like the sales and the store and the business and all that. Beyond all that. I just, it's nice to have a community that I can, uh, yeah, because I miss it. I miss having folks to talk fish with. So thanks. Um, anyway, hope you're all doing well. Until next time, have a good one. See you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Bye-bye.